20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another. Tuesday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. I am joined once again by my usual Monday crew on this Tuesday. That is the one and only Perry Goldstein. You can follow her on X at Perry underscore Goldstein. And you can follow Alex at Alex underscore Strofe. Alex, Perry, game week. How the hell are we doing? Yeah. That right there. Uh, Fired up. What do we got? Just over, I mean, when this comes out, just over 48 hours until football, at least NFL football, is officially back. So I I imagine there will not be a lot of sleeping happening this week, but I am am pumped. It's going to be epic. Perry, what's your, like, on a 1 to 10, where are you at? A 25. I'm so excited. (laughs) This is is when I thrive. I, like, all of a sudden go from, like, a very independent girly in the summer to a very popular girl in the fall where everyone wants to know where to watch the game. What should I bet on? How are the Packers going to be? All the questions. All of a sudden I'm getting hit up. I'm like, haha, you remember. This is my time. (laughs) This is my time. Amazing. Uh, We've got a great show today. We are going to be going over some bold predictions. I think all three of us are incredibly geeked up about this episode, and I'm really excited to hear what Alex and Perry came up with. Before we get there, some awesome announcements that we had on Monday to go over from a -A Pack-A-Day podcast standpoint. First of all, if you're listening to the audio version of the Pack-A-Day podcast, huge news. We have three new members to the team, Shanna Quinn, Nathan Marzian, and Monte Moore, all joining the Pack-A-Day podcast. They're going to form a new team on Fridays. Meanwhile, Maggie, Andrew, and Kyle are going to be jumping to Mondays, and we are going to be giving you double episodes 365 days a year. So could not be more excited about adding them to the team. On the YouTube side of things, Justice Mosqueda, and we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but Justice Mosqueda and I are going to be doing a co-branded Pack-A-Day podcast, Acme Packing Company weekly video. So Justice will be joining every week. That'll be up on the audio feed as well. Paul Brettel, same exact thing. Paul Brettel and I are going to be doing a co-branded Packers Wire slash Packaday podcast video on YouTube, and that will also be uploaded to the audio version. Pro Football Focus and I are going to be doing a weekly episode. Haven't completely nailed down which member of the PFF team is going to be joining me yet. I will let you know as soon as I know, but that is finalized as well. Mike Wall will be returning for his weekly show, both on the audio and on the YouTube channel, and I'm hoping... Fingers crossed for one more really big announcement as well that I'm hoping to share with you guys later this week, but still working on the logistics of that. But guys, I am more excited than ever to be a member of the Pack-A-Day podcast team with this incredible group. And uh, yeah, just the the great news continues to come. And I think this is going to be the best Pack-A-Day podcast season we have ever had. By the way, if you haven't yet subscribed, what are you waiting for? Now you can become a member. So go do that as well. Shout out to Todd Reeser, Connie Weiss, Clint Green, Game Boy 36, Ryan Jeffers, Oscar Cardona, Kelvin Post for becoming new Pro Bowl members. And of course, most hated Minnesotian for being the Hall of Fame member as well. So, all right, that's a mouthful, I know. But Perry, Alex, I am very, very excited. As you should be. I just hope the seat you're sitting in in front of your uh, camera is comfortable because it seems like you'll be spending a lot more time there. <laughs> Always am. That's why I'm doing this 365 days a year full time now. Uh, there's going to be a ton of great content. And yeah, it makes it it makes me look a lot smarter than I am when I've got awesome people next to me like you two and all the amazing people that I just mentioned in the entire incredible Pack-A-Day podcast team. The goal is to not have to do 
you know, any of the hard work and just let everyone do that for me. And that's what you guys are so incredibly there for. So I appreciate You're very you. good at that. I know. Very, yeah, very that's good. totally a yeah. thing. Yeah. If anybody is, uh, you know, dealing with imposter syndrome in this crew right here, it's definitely Andy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's such hey, a good lineup, though. That's a great a, lineup. It is. It's going to be an awesome season. I literally cannot freaking wait. But all that can wait for a little bit until next week when we get to all those amazing guests. Because right now, what better guests could you possibly have than Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe? And we have bold predictions to get to for this season. Who wants to kick things off? Oh, by the way, for anyone that's listening, Alex, Perry, and I just learned right before this podcast started that we all have blue eyes and we never do. <laughs> so for anyone that was interesting, all three of us, all blue eyes. So that's that's the big takeaway, I think, that we can have today. But Perry, all right, we're, we're going to start with you, Perry. You'll kick us off our first bold prediction of the 2023 Packers season. It is all yours, my friend. Okay, I'm going from my least spiciest to my most spicy. I like so it. this this is this is my lowest level, but I like it because um, that gives Alex and I time to steal your best spicy takes before you get to them. So well, I like this. Well, I don't want to set the bar high and then disappoint. You're good. You're good. Um, I would be shocked if you had some of mine right, here. Yeah. So that would that would be like super. You know, we've been podcasting together for too long. Yeah, right. um, but I say the Packers make the wild card round this year. I like um, I don't know how bold that is, considering kind of how bad the nfc north could be um but i've just been doing a lot of like during the offseason i really don't pay attention to other teams i like like to take a little break from football i focus on my team and then when the season comes i pay attention to the entire league but in the last couple of weeks as we've been like leading up to the season i'm like taking a look at my opponents a little bit deeper than i have if you listen to pax what she said you know we do talk about the nfc north but just doing a little bit more of a deep dive and I'm feeling a lot more confident in what I've seen from the Packers and from what I haven't seen from the rest of their NFC North opponents. Like, I think we've talked about how it feels a little bit more wide open. Now, do I think the Packers are going to win division? No, that's why this, this is not my bold prediction, but I think given where the NFC sits as a whole and where this division is, I think the bears and the Vikings are not going to be very good. Um, I think it's, perfectly reasonable that the Packers make wild card round. I like that a lot. Alex, did you have a, uh, like a season, like, like thought or like a record uh, prediction? Uh, I do. Um, yeah. And I tend to agree with Perry on the wild card front. I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow find a way to win this division either, because I know everybody's a believer in the lions. It seems I've said it all summer. I don't know that I am as much as other people, but I do agree on, on, on the bears and the Vikings uh, in, in terms of a season long prediction. It was one of my bonus ones, but I'll throw it out here. I believe the Packers will experience both a four-game winning streak and a four-game losing streak this season, but still sneak into the aforementioned wild card. That's oh, fun. That's a spicy one. That's a it's really going to be a weird year, I think. You know, and, and we've talked obviously a lot about the ups and downs and the growing pains. I, I think this team could get off to a hot start, and that four-game winning streak could kick off the season. I think this team could start four and zero, and as teams learn the tendencies uh, and and you know just the the tendencies, I guess is the word uh, of Jordan Love, and they begin to scheme against him more so. That that they they will experience those growing pains, and it's ultimately going to going to come down to how he and that offense respond. So. It's a different one. I think it's possible, but I still think this team can sneak in at nine and eight. So uh, I think this is very doable. I was uh, while I was while you were talking, Perry, and then I kicked it over to Alex. I was looking up to see if it was still the case, but what's so shocking to me, and 
maybe this is just being, you know, some form of homer. I don't know. But um, the Packers are fourth in the division and most likely team to make the playoffs on the betting lines. Oh, weird. Right I don't and get I, it. I don't either. I legitimately don't get it. And yeah, I don't know how to put it in, in any like realistic terms that make sense to me. Like, so if anyone's out there and you also think the Packers have a chance at the wild card, now's a good time to, to bet on it still. And not that I'm ever one to give gambling advice or say you should bet on anything, but uh, yeah, like there are, they're legitimately last in the NFC North for uh, in likelihood of, of making the playoffs, which just seems beyond crazy to me. And to your, to your point earlier, Perry, I think, you look at the NFC, it's it's not super strong. I do think Philly at the top is a really strong team. I think you start getting watered. Even San Francisco, I think, is a really good team. I still think even the Nick Bosa thing is sort of hanging over their head right now. And I, I'm, I'm not totally sold uh, on San Francisco either. And I think, I think the NFC after that gets watered down really, really fast. I think anything can happen in the NFC North. And there's seven of the, you know, 16 teams that end up making the playoffs at the end. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I certainly don't buy Green Bay being the last place team in the NFC North of in likelihood to make the playoffs in any capacity. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very interesting NFC right now. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at the Bears defense? <laughs> like, yeah. it's not good. It's not great. That's for sure. I know they tried to supplement. I think, I think they did a nice job. Like Tyreek Stevenson, I think it's going to be good. I think their secondary has a chance to be really good, but they have no pass rush. I mean, I know they got Yannick. That's not good enough. He's not good enough at this point. It, they, they have no passer. Then that I don't care how good of corners you have. And they have young corners and young safeties too. And I think, like I said, I think they're all really good. But yeah, you, it doesn't matter how good a defensive backfield you have if you can't pressure the quarterback. So, but if they have like they got Tremaine Edmonds, and yeah. if Tremaine Edmonds is just on the wrong side of his career now, like that could be a liability. You know, it was just one game and it didn't matter and whatever. But did you see the film of him in the preseason game? It was so bad. It was ridiculously bad. It was really? Really, really, like almost funny bad. Like he was just like stuck in mud the entire time, just like going, like looking around. It was really funny. Um, wow. It's out there. Like somebody posted the cut up of every um, of every snap that he was on the field. And I think he played one preseason game and it was just like almost comically bad. But we'll see. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But he, he was like kind of in overrated like didn't really live up to the draft status until last year and then had a nice year and surprise surprise a contract year so like those are usually ones where you maybe proceed with caution and instead they made him like the highest paid linebacker in the world so we'll see if that pays off for him old strategy cotton all right i'm gonna go let's see where i want to go with this one i actually did not have a record prediction although i did very much toy with the idea that the packers would find their way into the playoffs let's start with a fun one all right i'm gonna say old prediction number one Carl Brooks leads the Packers defensive lineman in sacks this season. Mm. Not Kenny Clark, <laughs> not Colby Wooden, not Devontae Wyatt, not TJ Slayton. I'm going to say that Carl Brooks, of all defensive linemen, so edge rushers not included, not just defensive linemen, Carl Brooks leads the team in sacks this year. So that's where I'm at. Here, I think he's going to be a sub-down player. It might take him some time to get into the rotation. I don't, I'm not even a million percent sold that in week one, he's going to be a significant rotation player. I do think he gets some snaps, but when he is on the field, I expect him to be in on passing downs. And this dude has just found the quarterback his entire freaking life. He's done it in training camp. He's done it in preseason. That's just what he does. And it doesn't matter where you line him up. It doesn't matter who's across from him. That's in his DNA. And I think it's going to continue. It's also like, I don't think Kenny's never going to be a huge sack 
you know, guy, right? Like he's, he's a really great player, but he's never going to just pile on a 10 sack season. That's just not who he is. Um, you know, Devante, we have yet to see what he's going to be ultimately, ultimately become in the NFL. Slayton's a 330 pound, you know, guy who's going to be in on early downs. I don't see him being a big sack guy. I don't think Colby Wooden is going to be. So I, part of it is kind of like by default, like somebody has to be it, but I'm going to go out on an ledge and I'm going to say Carl Brooks leads the Packers defensive lineman in sacks this upcoming season. Marketing Inc. It's bold. I, I I don't know if it'll happen. It's bold. I like it. Yeah. It's different. Um, I, I guess I don't know what the bar is, right? So I, I'm 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 over here thinking, and I don't know off the top of my head which defense. I think it could be like five or six sacks. Like, yeah. So I, I guess it's not crazy, but as a rotational guy, I'll have less opportunity. It's bold. I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you wrong because I can't. But it, it's bold. I like it. It's a deep room, so he's he's. Both is going to have a lot of competition, but also a lot of assistance, which kind of like counteract each other. So if he gets the time on the field, sure. He's, I think he's going to start with like 10 to 12 snaps per game. And then I think, I mean, what you're one injury away from him playing like 30 snaps a game, sure. you know, and I think at some point through the course of a season, there's going to be some injuries on the defensive line. I think they're going to try to rotate those guys heavily. I think they're going to do the same thing at edge. And I think it's just going to allow for some opportunities. And I think Carl Brooks is going to make the most of it. And he's going to be that guy. who will lead the team in sacks in his rookie season as a six round pick. That's where I'm going. Wow. Lead the team That's- or lead the room? Lead the sorry, lead the the defensive line room, lead the defensive line team, and yeah, what the team of defensive line, whatever we want to say, not not edge rushers. There, yeah, somebody else will lead the team in sacks. My bad. Got it. Thank uh, you for correcting me. I, I was going to say, if five sacks is leading the team, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Unless literally every single other player has and four. Five sacks. <laughs> That's, yeah. fair. That's fair. He's got five and a half. Everyone else has five. <laughs> um, um, all right, Perry, what do you got next? All right, I'll keep it in the same room because this is actually my favorite of all five of mine, but we're on the defensive line train. So Kenny Clark is going into his 10th NFL season, if you can believe that. Um, He's only made the Pro Bowl twice, but I think that this is going to be his first season where he has his first career All-Pro year. And I say that for like kind of similar reasons as we just discussed, but this is the most help he's ever had on the line. And the fact that he's been as productive as he has been for nine years with like a body next to him and a prayer is saying something. So I think given all the support that he's going to have, um, they're going to be able to just like unleash Kenny and Kenny at his best is an all pro He's an all-pro defensive tackle, nose tackle. So I think uh, this is going to be his best year yet. This is why we have each other's backs, first of all, because Alex can correct me. He's eighth, eighth NFL correct. season, yeah. not tenth. Is eighth NFL oh. season. Still, same thing, same difference. Still, two, well, two, still, he's like two years old and has been in the league for forever. Yes. Was kind he's, of my point. <laughs> only a two-time Pro Bowler, absolutely. So your all of your point stands, but uh, no, I think he's due for a big year. I think he's going to have like just even seeing him in camp and in, pre, in like the very limited preseason action he has. He looks really good, really motivated, and I think he's going to lead this defense this year. So I'm I'm totally right there with you. I think he could easily have that type of year. Yeah, I love that. I, and, you know, I, I had a defensive line when I'm not going to use it, but I, I was just looking at, you know, TJ Slayton's a guy that intrigues all of us, I think. And he has 54 tackles in his career. Kenny Clark has done that four times in his seven seasons, right? And TJ Slayton, that's two years combined of tackles, yeah. by the way, which is, I mean, obviously he's he's elevating that starting role, but 
Kenny is just a monster. And so, so I love that prediction, Perry. Uh, I'll flip the offense here for my second one, though. Um, it's something we've talked about before, so I'm going to make this a two-parter uh, because I think we will all agree with the first part, which is Luke Musgrave will have the best rookie tight end season in Packers history for context it's not a very high bar. Bubba Franks in 2000 caught 34 passes for 363 yards and one singular touchdown. Um, I think Musgrave will double all of those numbers. 68 catches, which is four catches a game. 726 yards, which is 42 yards a game. And two touchdowns, I think he'll have plenty more than two touchdowns. But I think he will double all of Bubba Franks' marks from that 2000 season we all definitely remember. <laughs> Like the back of my hand. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know if that's that bold. Ba- just based on like how much love has targeted him in the preseason, I think he's had more than four targets in like two series yeah. on the field. So I, I, I'm with that, you. I, I do have this right. as my mild one. It says mild next to it. Yeah. Record. So uh, I, I had a similar Musgrave one. I, my, the first one I actually put down on my list was Luke Musgrave will lead the team in targets this season. I don't. I think more than any running Ooh. back, any wide receiver, any tight end. I think Luke Musgrave of all players on the Packers roster will get more targets than any other player on the team. Wow! I think wide receiver will spread out. I think Wait, Watson. I had out. I had a targets one too, but I picked Romeo Dobbs to have more targets than any other offensive weapon. Pulling the guy with the hamstring injury already—that is a big <laughs> take. Shh, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he'll be fine too. But uh, yeah, so all right. Well, Perry and I got dueling. Uh, dueling target takes here I, i'm well, team perry for the record i'm team perry right. on that one yeah i'm happy to hand out l's to both of you it's even sweeter <laughs> in, that, in that regard all right who's that uh so i think what perry am i next does the musgrave one count this one with the musgrave one your pick uh sure why not i'll, I'll do that one and then i'll just yeah well i'll do that one. all right then. alex we're, we're back to you then are we? Did you go? I oh, yeah, you. I guess Romeo Dobbs. Go, oh, yeah. oh, Romeo Dobbs. All right. Well, that was that was You're legitimately so my next one. <laughs> that We're was so a rapid fast. fire round. I was I was totally lost. All right, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's go back to the defense. So Preston Smith has led the team in tackles for loss the last two seasons. He had nine nine tackles for loss in both 2022 and 2021. I think wow. Preston Smith will have double-digit tackles for loss in 2023 but he will not lead the team in that category. And I'm not going to say who will. I, I just, that, that's, that's the prediction I have for you. That's a, that's a very nerdy take. And I, one that <laughs> like, I will very much appreciate. First I rarely all, I, get called nerdy. So I appreciate that. I didn't know. I didn't know that Preston Smith was the, the leader in the clubhouse in that category the last two seasons. So that is a very interesting first of all. And yeah, I could like, one of the things about Preston is he does not get the credit he deserves as a run defender. He is a really, really good run defender and consistently sets the edge. And I think kind of lead like sets the example for everyone else on that defense of having to do some of that dirty work up front. So I, I think he will continue that. I really like this edge room and that they can rotate players in. And I think that's going to make everyone better. And to your point, like I could see a lot of people having an opportunity at leading the team in that. I also think who was it today? Was it um, one of the defensive line? Was it Kenny who, uh, who in an interview said something to the effect of we're going to be a different run defense this year. Yeah. I've, I've been talking to a couple of people about this. I think it was maybe Ben Fennel originally. I, I talked to a couple others too, but like they made up this team. When you look at the Carl Brooks's, the Colby Woodens, the Devonte Wyatt's and like the Lucas Van Ness's of the world. These are gap penetrating players. They are like, you know, they're like, 
we're going to go away a little bit from the, we're just going to have bulking human beings that are just going to try to, you know, be the slow burn and, and disengage at the point of attack, whatever they have explosive guys who can get off the line of scrimmage, get into the backfield, shoot gaps and go make plays. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. I would not be shocked at all if we saw a lot more disruption in the backfield, which could lead to a lot more tackles for loss in the backfield by just about everyone from inside linebackers to defensive linemen to edge rushers, et cetera. So um, if if we really want to nerd out for a second, I think what you're going to see, the, the first step in the evolution of defense right now in the NFL has been the two high safeties. We're not going to get beat deep. We, we're going to do everything to make sure that they don't get their explosive plays and we're going to make them go, you know, 70 yards, you know, 70, 80 yards for a touchdown. I think the next evolution to that is we're going to shoot everyone and get as many people into the backfield to cause chaos as possible. And we're going to make sure that our safeties are still deep. So if they do break something, we're still going to make sure that it's maybe an 11 or 12 yard pickup but we'll give you the first down and we'll give you another first and 10 if it happens. But if we get into the backfield and cause chaos on first down, now you're at second and 15 and we're going to get off the field in two plays. So it's going to be like, almost like on first down, we're going to shoot the gaps. We're going to penetrate. We're going to try to cause chaos in the backfield and get you for a loss. If we don't get you, you might get 12. You might get 12 yards on the play. Okay, that's fine. We're going to do it again and reset on first and 10. Try to get the in the backfield again, get you into second and long. And one of those times as you're going down the field, it's going to work but you're still keeping those safeties back to make sure even if they do get something through, you're not giving up a 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 yard play. It's going to maybe be like a 10 or 12 yard pickup and you live to see another set of downs. And then once I, like I said, when you hit that penetration in the backfield and you make a big play in the backfield, now you get them off the field. Ideally, if you get into a second and 13, second and 14, second along, whatever it is, you're getting off the field in two plays more often than not. Unless you're the Packers secondary. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. They're not going to do that. It was such an eloquent explanation, but I had to come in. Yeah, no, you did. Uh, Look, I'm just – this defense is confusing to me because I'm almost in the the territory of, like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? Because we we had such high expectations last summer about what this defense could be. And, obviously, it wasn't good the first 12, 13 games of the season in in 22 – I, I have high hopes again, I, and I, I've been telling Don't. you guys this for, for, for – I know, right? Uh, Don't why, do it. Why should I believe in Joe Barry? I don't have a good answer, but I do. Um, so I, I just – I don't know. I'm just ready to see the product on Sunday and see what they can do against a, a mobile quarterback in, in Justin Fields and a, and a younger offense in Chicago. So we'll see, I, but I have high hopes again. And, and if they screw me over again, it's my fault. It is your fault. It's <laughs> Here's my problem, though, with that, Andy, is that like that all makes sense to me. But that's assuming that you trust your safeties not to give up a big play. And like my my fear with this team is that this team can do all of those things. They can penetrate. They can get into the backfield. They can get to the quarterback. They can cover your wide receivers. But when it comes to actually protecting that portion of the field, there isn't anyone on this team that I trust. And I'm wondering if teams are right off the bat going to test that safety group because that's this defense's weakness. And and like they're going to keep doing that until they can prove that they can stop it. And then at that point, you're getting to a a place where, you know, guys, you got a 65 yard, you know, big chunk play. And then you're playing defense in like a totally different capacity. Big time. Yeah, no, it's it's. They're going to test the safeties early and often, all season long, until they prove that it's not a weakness. Yikes. All right. Is it my turn? It is. Yes. All right. We made it. 
It's officially football season, which means it's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. It's finally football season, which means... It's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using Prize Picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat 
seat before you buy. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code packaday for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code packaday for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, do we want bad news or good news first? Let's go bad news first. Uh, let's get rid of the bad news, right? And I don't know how much bad news this is, but maybe sad news or whatever we want to say. I will say that David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Preston Smith, A.J. Dillon, and Darnell Savage play their last seasons as Green Bay Packers this year. That's unfortunate. I know. Perry did it to me earlier. Someone says, I don't know how bold this one is. I I think this is very likely, um, unfortunately. Uh, That running back room is really intriguing in 2024, but we can talk about that when the offseason rolls around. I I think Bakhtiari is a safe bet. What was the other name in there? Preston? Preston, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Darnell Savage. And Savage, unless something significantly improves, I hope you're right. Um, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never rooting for somebody to lose their job. But, but I think this is a safe bet. Um, so I guess enjoy it while you can. And uh, maybe we should have echoed that sentiment a little bit more last year with a certain, uh, with a certain guy that played under center. Yeah, no, very much. And I don't know. I think if. Oh, go ahead, Perry. No, I was going to say I think if AJ Dillon has a really nice season. Um, they could keep him because he is a player that would want to stay in Green Bay, and I can see him yeah. taking less money to stay. I, I think you could. I think you could, there there could be some arguments for the majority the majority of people on this. I think Bakhtiari, if he just has a healthy season and he looks great, and you know you want to have another season of protecting Jordan Love's blindside at a high level, they could see him back. I don't. I think that one could go either way. Aaron Jones is uh, like Brian Goodkin said it like he's the heart and soul of this Packers team. The the contract and him turning 30, it's not ideal, but they have a lot of sunk cost into Aaron Jones already. And if he decides like, Hey, I'm willing to take another sort of pay cut to still be on this team. And how you know, how much, um, you know, want and desires are going to be from a 30 year old running back to another team, you know, going to another team, but maybe he just ends up staying in green Bay. That could be possible. Like you said, if Dylan has a nice year and he wants to stay in green Bay, the mayor of door County, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Preston and Savage are probably a little best, little less likely. I mean, Preston's really tough because you have Gary, who's probably going to get a contract ex- extension at some point in the near future. Enigbari's looks good. You drafted Van Ness. You've got Brenton Cox. Like you've got the natural evolution there already. So keeping him is probably almost redundant and probably takes snaps away from those guys. So I think that's probably the easy one. And then Savage, like you guys mentioned, just seems like a foregone yeah. conclusion. But I could see at least a few of those guys back if things hit in a different way. But I'll say all five of them last season as a Packard. I say that not as like a hope or a wish. It's just a, like. I always say it as like a enjoy these guys now while they're here in Green Bay because these things go fast and before you know it, Jordy Nelson's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> they're in the pro, pro football or Packers Hall of Fame, excuse me. And like it's just like where did time go? So Yeah, that was crazy to watch. Yep. That was like my childhood receiver. <laughs> I'm not even that old. <laughs> um All right, Perry. Okay. So I my last one was that I think Romeo Dobbs is gonna have the most targets by love. Um we, we breezed through that. But does anyone have any objections to that? I know Andy obviously thinks it's going to be Musgrave, but I just think like 
he has this connection with love and he feels like a more like true ex than Christian Watson does. Like I think Christian Watson might end up having more yards, right? If we're thinking about that. But I think when it comes to like targets, it just feels like love is going to hit Dobbs. If he even thinks he has like a sliver of a chance of catching the ball. I would yeah. say Dobbs leads the re- receivers in, in targets. That would be my prediction as well. Yeah, all, all I was going to say is we don't have to overcomplicate chemistry. I, I think yeah. we, we know they have it, right? And, and they've continued to show it throughout the offseason and the work they put in together. And uh, we saw some flashes of it in, in the preseason. So I think it's a good prediction. Um, it's a little bold, obviously, with the, with the season Christian's coming off of. But you never know. And I like Romeo Dobbs. I'm, I'm all on the 87 bandwagon. Shout out yeah. to Jeremy Nelson on his induction, uh, aforementioned induction. Is this number five already? No, no. I, we, that, that wasn't your last. You mean no, that, that, was, that was the one I did oh, before. I just we, we breezed by it. I just wanted to circle back really quick. Um, uh, my, fourth, my fourth one is I, I'm like really hot on the Packers offensive line. And I think that they're going to end the season – giving up the least amount of QB pressures, hits, and sacks on the quarterback. I think Jordan Love is going to be, at the end of the season, the most protected quarterback in the league. Like it. And I'll, I'll add one thing on top of that, because I, I agree. I think that very is very much within the realm of possibility. Jordan Love's pocket presence, both as both inside the pocket and knowing um, you know, how to sort of escape inside the pocket while keeping his eyes downfield, while also escaping outside of the pocket – and also knowing where to go with the ball with his checkdowns and being very comfortable taking those checkdowns, I think it's going to be something that works harmoniously together where you've got great offensive linemen protecting him and you've got a quarterback who knows where to go with the ball, how to navigate a pocket and how to escape a pocket. I think it's going to be a, a win all yeah. the way around. So I, I really like it, and I love what we saw out of the, the offensive line in the preseason. I'm totally with you on that. I think it boils down more so to love, right? To Andy's point, I, I think what happens when he gets flustered, going back to the, the growing pains comment I made earlier, what happens, you know, when, when he's eluding pressure? And I, I, I don't know. I, I think it certainly could be the case, and I am really impressed with what we've seen out of the O-line. I, I think it comes down to love. So I, I think you could be right, but it ultimately comes down to the biggest question mark that we've talked yeah. about in the last nine, ten months, and that is – Yeah, but how – if he scrambles out of the pocket and gets sacked, that's not on the offensive line. Right. That's on him. So I think there will be certain things that happen that are just – or like a coverage sack, you know what I mean, where it's just been like five seconds and nobody's open. That's not really the offensive line's – so I'm looking at it from a perspective of like, I just think that they as a five unit are going to do the best job of protecting him within like the realm of their ability. Um, and I, I don't know how much you guys listen to league wide NFL media, but the Packers offensive line is being like widely talked about and like widely respected as probably the most impressive unit at least in the preseason and David Bakhtari wasn't even playing yeah so they're just going to be very very good and they're going to put love in a good position to win which I think like trickles down to all the other predictions we have now where he's going to be able to target his guys he's going to be able to like read the field go through his reads make decisions get the ball down the field if he needs to like it all comes from their ability to buy give him time and space Really quickly before we get to Alex's, I'm not going to use this as one of my official ones, but I'll add on to yours because I had this on my list. I had that Josh Myers will have his best season as a pro and maintain his starting position for all 17 games this season. Wow. 
that that's a bold one. That's a spicy, that's a spicy one. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that for our official cause I got better ones to do, but I'll add it on top of Perry's offensive line one. Let's just hope for no bad snaps from Josh Myers then uh, coming off of Andy's prediction. Sure. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's go with a light one. Uh, I'll, I'll save my, I'll save my Jordan love related one for the end. Um, Anders Carlson has been a hot button topic. Uh, let's talk special teams, shall we? Anders, I, I phrase this this way on purpose, so do with, it, with this what you will. Anders Carlson will only miss one extra point the entirety of his Packers tenure. <laughs> so he'll miss a couple of field goals. <laughs> I mean, in, in that capacity, you have uh, tenure to be, in twenty twenty three. I should. Say. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because if you're saying his entire like career, I'm like you're expecting him to have a very short career. Uh, his tenure this season. Okay. Um, uh, that's that's what I meant. Uh, in the that is my my scapegoat. If for some reason he misses four field goals in a game and, and gets gets, axed. gets but, cut um, I think he's going to figure out the extra points. He struggled early on in the in, in the preseason. Obviously missing uh, was it two or three in that first game against uh, Cincinnati. And so I, I think he'll figure it out. Um, field goals might be a struggle unless they're from fifty seven yards. So uh, I am intrigued by him, but I wanted to, I wanted to throw him some love because I know we've we've talked a lot about him. Obviously, with Mason Crosby now gone and, and him being the guy that they drafted uh, over the course of the offseason. so I wanted to I wanted to shine some light on the kicker. It'd be great if like if he was only good at like fifty plus yarders and every extra point they had to keep jumping off sides or like false starting so that like they backed it up to fifty yards. We'll just, back, we'll just keep backing it up, uh, but yeah, no, that'd be that'd be amazing. Love I like it though. I, I I toyed with having an Anders one and I thought of like, all right, what has to be bold? And it's like the bold would be that he's either really, really good or really, really bad. And I like honestly didn't know which direction to go with it. So it's probably somewhere in the middle or it's just probably not great, but it's probably fine. But I didn't know, like if I'm going to make a bold prediction, I didn't know which direction to go in. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in a different, I'm just not going to even do it. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, we had to show him some love somewhere. So I, I, that was one of my throwaways. But we, we've we've touched on a lot of the people that I have in my main one. So uh, what's next, Andy? All right. Since you have a Jordan Love one coming up next, I'm going to get mine in before you steal it, just in case. I will say that by this time next year, Jordan Love will have a brand new contract extension that makes him the franchise quarterback long term of the Green Bay Packers. Love it. I'm uh, yeah. with it. I'm not either. I think we're all bought into the hype, right? I, I, I mean, we've, we've talked about it a few times throughout tonight's episode, but what we saw in the preseason was what we needed to see. We saw the comfortability. We saw the poise. We saw the growth. I, if that continues into the regular season, we don't see a ton of what I keep bringing up, the growing pains. He's going to be the dude, at least for a couple more years at minimum. So uh, I, I love it, Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm confident as well in him, and I will get to more on that in a bit. And, and Brian deserves a lot of credit, too. One of the – one of the worst things you can do as a general manager is not give yourself outs and just back yourself into a corner. And the best thing you can do is just continually open up opportunities where if you need to get out of something, you can. And again, just not back yourself into your own corner because of some contract you gave someone. And the fact that he was able to get Jordan under just basically one more year after this year so that if things didn't go well this year and if things don't go well this year, he's left himself out and it's not this super long-term deal that he's stuck with and all of a sudden you're just completely going backwards as a franchise. I think he deserves a lot of credit for figuring out a way to make that work. I also think the deal was advantageous for Jordan too, which gives him some additional opportunity to make more money if he succeeds this year. Um, but I think that was very smart by Brian, but I think it'll pay off and I think he'll end up with that new contract by this time next year. Yeah. I actually think Andy, when you gave your prediction, I thought 
Well, the contract they gave him this year kind of put them in a really nice place to do that if they want to next season. Um, It wouldn't even shock me if it happened by end of this season if he plays well. Sure. Yeah. Um, And also just like I was thinking about like how much the emotion and like pressure a fifth year option puts on a player. And like the fact that they don't even have to deal with that with him next year. It's just like it's almost just like here you're on a two year contract like, let's see just, like, how this goes. Like, there's no talk of a fifth-year option. There's no, like, will they, won't they. There's no distraction with it. It's just, like, we want – we you had to sit for three years. This is a situation we put ourselves in, but we want to give you some extra time. Yep. Love Simple it. as that. Yeah. All right, Petty. All right, I'm starting off with the last ones. So my last one is also a special teams one. And it's definitely the boldest because I think that the Packers special teams are going to have three special teams touchdowns this season. Wow. Okay. And if I had to go even a step further, I'm going to say a Nixon return for a touchdown. Duh. A Jalen, Jaden Reed touchdown return touchdown because he seems really fun back there and maybe like a blocked punt. Hmm. All right. I could see it. I could easily see that. I just think they've put a lot of young athletic guys on their special teams before. This isn't like years of old where it's just like, and again, it is a little bit of like bottom of the roster filler guys, but those guys are also really young and really athletic and really fast. And I think if you, at some point, and this is just a hope, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but at some point when you're investing so much in Rich Bisaccia and in special teams, like it's going to have to come to fruition at some point on the field. And it's still the Packers special team. So there's definitely going to be some like weird oopsies, but I think we will also get some of the good fun stuff on the flip side. Mm. Hashtag weird oopsies. <laughs> uh, that was going to be my follow-up question is, all right, if they have three, will the opposing team special teams have <laughs> how many touchdowns the opposing special teams will have against the pack? <laughs> Not putting that into the universe. All right, deal. All right, Alex, last one for you. A big fat zero. Um, All right, so Aaron Rodgers, uh, not to bring him up, in his first season (laughs) as a starter, threw 28 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Last year, he threw 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Uh, Not to get too into the weeds of numbers, but that boils down to about a 2.1 touchdowns per interception uh, ratio. I think Jordan Love will, A, throw, throw over 30 touchdowns, and B, throw less than 12 interceptions, outdoing both Rodgers' first season as a starter and his final season as a starter in Green Bay. I think he will have a higher touchdown-to-interception ratio and throw over 30 touchdowns. To further Andy's earlier point, and he's the guy, baby. Get on the love train because it's moving full steam ahead. That interception prediction is wow. Like, 30 touchdowns, sure, but, like, less than 12 interceptions? Yeah, let's go. Wow. Three to one, 30 and 10. Get on board, Perry. Train I don't. I'm not on board. And it's not even like a knock to Jordan, right? I just think like the one thing, the one thing right now with him is his accuracy. And again, he's making all the right reads and decisions, but he's about to go up against some really, really good dudes. You know, like they're going to get some on him. And if it's 10 this season, amazing. We have another like 
just guy who protects the football. I just think no one, no one protects the football the same way Aaron Rodgers does. Which and and so he can throw fifteen and still win. It's fine. But here's here's the one thing I will say: if Alex's is true. Perry's wild card prediction is also true, and my contract one is also yeah. true. So if that one is true, the two two of our other ones today unequivocally hit because if it's a thirty to ten touchdown to interception ratio, the Packers are going to the playoffs, and he is unequivocally becoming the Packers uh, franchise quarterback, and they are signing him to a massive contract. So uh, you paid off two of our other predictions if yours comes true. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, look, uh, what I always struggle with the word bold, right? Like bold predictions because I. I want to blur the line of like realistic, but also like I'm, I'm being wild. Right. And before we have real football to react to, which will be the next time the three of us talk, uh, I want to overreact. I want to overreact to the really fun preseason he had. I want to overreact to the pretty solid training camp he had. And we have a new guy, right? There's so many questions around him. I'm confident and I'm going to be overconfident for my boldest prediction of them all. And while I am about 49% sure it won't come true, uh, I am 51% sure that it will. And I'm just excited. It's fresh. It's different. It's an exciting time. And I'm so excited for kickoff on Sunday. You can take Alex off the radio, but you can't take the radio out of Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my other thing, though, is that quarterbacks, interceptions, like if receivers mess up, it's on the QB. That's like my other thing is that like this is going to be a really young group of guys who are like probably going to make mistakes and it's going to end up being on Jordan. But, but I'll go with this, Alex. If he has less than 12 interceptions that are his fault, right? So take out receiver error. I could see it. I should I have built that in in the first place. You're a genius, Perry. Always, yeah. always give. We just talked about Goody. Always give yourself outs, Alex. That's true. <laughs> always give yourself outs. You should have just said like a like a you know two point eight to one touchdown to interception ratio. The interceptions only his fault. Just add in as many asterisks as you can to this entire equation. You know what I mean, though. Like there are some yeah. interceptions that are so obviously not the quarterback's fault. Like tips off the hands defenders right there catches it midair like that's like what's jordan gonna do about that if if a pass is caught within the five yard line it counts as a touchdown (laughs) smart sure amazing all right i'll give you my two runners up that i had on my list that we didn't get to uh just for funsies as much as i hate it as much as i don't want it to happen i'm gonna say that razul douglas does get a at least one start at safety this season it's just they have too many corners. Oh. Eric Stokes is going to come back. Valentine's like they might have five better corners at some point this season than any of their safeties. Like their five best defensive backs at some point this season are going to be corners. And at some point you just have to find a way to get them on the field. And if Savage and Ford and all those guys just aren't up to snuff, like you've got to find a way just to get your best guys on the field. So as much as I just want Razul to start outside and keep him there and stay there and not mess with it, because I think that's where he's best. I think the Packers are better when he's on the outside. At some point you just can't keep hitting your head against the wall and be like, nope, we're just not going to do it because we're going to keep all of, you know, we're going to play safety, whatever. At some point you might just have to do it. So I'm going to say that at some point Razul gets a start, at least one start at safety this season. What if the Packers just like play like dime and a half, seven DBs, seven, seven quarterbacks on the field? (laughs) We're just going to play. We're going to, here's what we're going to do. 
If they're going to do something, they should just do six pass rushers and five corners. Just screw the safety position. Just get after the quarterback with your six. Give the five guys cover man-to-man, press man-to-man. Just put all your five corners out there and just say, screw it. If you get past our corner, you're scoring a touchdown, but we're going to try to get there with our pressure before you can do so. Yeah, like, just re- say, screw it. Because the safety's I- not going to make the play anyway. So just just take them off the field. It's just a body on the field. Uh, remember when I said I was feeling good about the defense? You guys have not helped that. You're welcome. That's, the we're last for. That's why we minutes. balance each other out so perfectly. All right, my <sighs> other one, and this is where I left myself out as well, as I said, the Packers will make a significant trade at or before the trade deadline. Maybe that's trading Bakhtiari away. Maybe that's trading for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe that's trade. Who knows? Maybe that's trading Yash Nyman away. Maybe that's maybe they're six and one at the deadline. They're like, oh, didn't see this coming. Let's go get Buda Baker somehow. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but at, for, for better or worse, before the trade deadline, the Packers will make a significant trade, either adding or subtracting someone from their roster. Buda Baker, don't tempt me with a good time. I don't think that, that, like, it's so hard for it to happen based on his salary. Like, it's That's near literally impossible. my dream. I, I love that guy. I love that guy so, so much. He would be so fun. There, You probably have to get the Gary extension done and then probably put Yash in the deal for Buda Baker in some capacity to free up the space, but it's not totally impossible. Uh, so, like I said, I don't know if it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent. But some major trade gets made prior to the the, the trade deadline. But I'm going to end with this one. We will exit the 2023 season thinking that Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Malik Heath, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, and Tucker Craft is going to be one of the best wide receiver tight end groups in all of football in 2024. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you should have gone a step for further and just said they're going to recreate the Sports Illustrated uh, the cover, Sports Illustrated from, cover. From, from a decade prior, right, with with, with that new crew. Um, I love it. I hope you're right. I mean, obviously, they're young and exciting and unproven. So we're going to find out a lot over the course of the next four months about about every name you just mentioned. And as much, as good as I feel about them, damn, I hope you're right, because I, I, I don't know what they'll be. I, I, I really hope you're right. They have all the tools, all the traits to reach that potential. Whether they do get there or not remains to be seen, but it is for sure in the realm of possibilities. All right, bonus round. Fast answer. You have to say it immediately as I say it. I'm just kidding. Perry Goldstein, you first. Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator of the Packers in 2024. Yes or no? Probably yes. Alex. Yes. I'm going to say... Uh, now I don't even know the answer to my own question. <laughs> I'll I'll say yes. I'm going to say yes. Joe Barry's the defensive coordinator in 2024. I'm saying yes because that would mean this defense was good. I wonder what's the like. I wonder what the Mendoza line of like where the defense needs to play. Like they they have to be at least a top half of the league defense in order for him to be back, right? Like 16 yeah, or higher. Average, at least yes. average. But, I mean, to go back to one of our first predictions, I think it was Perry that said they're a wild card team. They're a playoff team. He's safe. I mean, similarly to last year, right? Like, we all thought his ass was grass, uh, lack of a better term. And then they turned it on at the end of the year, and they were in contention. And that saved his job. So, if they're a playoff team, he's safe. He's the D coordinator in 24. I will say, though, if I'm in the building, which obviously I'm not, with all the talent – 
Thank you. With all the talent that this defense has, the fact that our bar is average is actually like a huge problem to me. Like the amount of draft capital, the amount of first round picks, like the bar should be top 10, not average for Joe Barry. But yet somehow we're like, ah, if they're like 16th in the league, it's fine. I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you see who they have on that side of the ball? They should be eighth. So there's part of me that agrees with you and there there's part, we just talked about the safeties being the, like the, the most abysmal safety group in all football. Right. And like, so I feel like there's a part of that, that it's not just on, on Joe Barry. And I'm not saying that like in the previous seasons that he shouldn't have had better defenses because he absolutely should have. And that there's part of that that's on Joe. And that, and I think that that's why this is the ultimate evaluation season. And that's why going back to last year, it was so hard because everyone could point fingers at someone else. Joe Barry, to an extent, as I talked about very early in this off season could say, Hey, the only reason we had a chance at that run at the playoffs last year was because of my defense and other like, and, and he could also point to the, the play of the safeties and some of the other things and said, hey, like some of the guys that you spent a ton of money in first round picks on didn't play anywhere near their talent level. And at the same time, Brian Gudikins can say, uh, I gave you all of this and you made not even a top half of the league defense out of it. That's like so it's sort of the Spider-Man pointy meme of everyone can point to everyone else and say it's, oh, it's actually him. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. They decided we're going to move on from Aaron. We're going to bring in a new era. And we are going to evaluate everything this season from Goody and what he did to get the players that he did, where it was it the right players. You know, he left them with basically no safety room. How is that going to go to Joe Barry? And can he make some, can he be at least a top half of this, you know, de- uh, of the league defense this year? And uh, can Jordan love be the starting quarterback in green Bay? I-, I just think this is an evaluation year for everyone that goes for Joe Barry, Brian Gutekind, Matt LaFleur, Jordan love. So many of these rookies that are going to get huge opportunities, Anders Carlson, the list goes on. There's going to be a lot of evaluating going on. No, you're right. There, There's a lot of different ways to look at it, for sure. It's it's always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Unless you're Alex, in which case it's 99% one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Get on the love uh, train, Andy. I know. Get on the love train. All right, friends. Uh, since I want to talk to you before the game, I'll, I'll save mine for later this week. But Perry, prediction for, for Packers-Bears? Oh, boy. The first game of the season is always so bizarre. Like, you know, just think about like a couple of seasons ago when the Packers lost 38 to three to the Saints. Like, who would have ever predicted predicted that? Um, I think this is going to be a really tough game for both sides. I don't see it being very high scoring. Um, I feel pretty confident about that one. Just like jitters. I don't know. Like, like I said, just weird weird um i do think the packers eke it out maybe like 17 13 oh i like it how in sync are we that, that was the exact prediction i had in mind that was really scary. um yeah I, I i think it's going to be low scoring i think you're absolutely spot on on that i'll go different from you just to be different i'll say 14 10 packers i i think it's just going to be a Weird game. I think it might take some time to get stuff going, but I do think the Packers win. Um, and obviously, I want to back up my take that they'll start the season with a four-game winning streak. So, <laughs> uh, optimistic, of course. But I, I think it'll be a weird game, low scoring. But I, I think a win's a win. The nice thing about that 17-13 score, Perry, is that if Anders Carlson misses that field goal, it's still 14-13 and the Packers still win by one. So they're still safe. you got a little buffer in there for Alex. If he misses the two extra points, they still win 12-10. So like we've got, we've got a little bit of a buffer room there that may very well be important. 
How sad is that that we have to say that about the kicker? So weird. Yeah, I, he's he's kicked pretty darn well in games in at Lambeau. I know this one isn't at Lambeau, but like he's he's kicked pretty yeah. well in games so far. So we'll we'll see. I, and what's your prediction? Hmm? What's your prediction? I said I'll wait till later this week when I do the pregame. Oh, show. that's boring. Okay. I know Fine. people are gonna have to wait. I'm sorry. It's just what a tease. Sorry. I know it's a tease. Yeah, you guys won't be on again on Pack a Day. I'm going to be on like a thousand more times <laughs> right now in the game. So uh, I have to save some things for for later this week. Otherwise, everyone's just going to, you know, they're all going to go and find a different podcast. Perry. <laughs> all right, Perry. Where can we follow you on socials and talk about the other podcasts that they can go listen to now that they don't need to because they know your Bears Packers prediction anyway? Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. More importantly, follow the podcast, PWSS Podcast. I will be back with Maggie this week for our Bears preview. And now we go to twice a week episodes. So although I'm not quite as crazy as Andy doing 365, you are going to get more Packs Which He Said content this season. So yay for that. More pairing, more Maggie, never a bad thing. Alex Stroff, what are you working on? You can find me on X at Alex underscore Strofe. Incredibly excited to be joining uh, the Tundra Trio Radio Network as the lead Green Bay game day pregame host this season beginning Sunday on 100.5 ESPN of Madison, 94.5 ESPN of Milwaukee, and the legendary 620 WTMJ. We will be live beginning at – legendary indeed. We will be live beginning at noon. We'll talk with Rob Domofsky from ESPN. We'll talk with Jason Wilde in the second hour of the program, noon on Sunday on all three of those stations and on Wisconsin On Demand going to be epic i'm really pumped for that for you that's going to be really amazing you. you're going to do an incredible job with that you know where to find me at andy herman nfl follow the podcast at pack a day podcast subscribe if you haven't already become a member if you're interested we will see you guys right back here tomorrow with probably a thousand more pack a day podcast episodes but until next time and as always go pack go go pack go happy game week <laughs>